Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I get maybe on paper the Dolphins have the better team, but they're missing some big components. No Parker's way. out. Howard's out. No hey, if this is the game to win, this should be the game to win for the Jaguars. Give me the Dolphins. Whoa! He's got the touchdown. A great strike by Tungabailoa. It's a six-yard touchdown throw, and the Dolphins score on their first possession. Logan Cook again. He'll beat this one. Again. The night is dark is just before the dawn. It is there. The pass is long to the end zone. It's caught by Marvin Jones. He beats Igbenogany a 28-yard strike and a touchdown pass. Wait a second. First and goal. Robinson gets these blocked by Hollister. Touchdown, Jacksonville. They've got their first lead this afternoon. Give me the Jags. Oh, wow. Winds up. Intercepted. Picked off by Nevin Lawson. He'll weave and they take it right back and brought down by Holland. Wright will try from 54 to tie. 54-yarder. Nope. I told you where I was leaning all week long, and I'm going to get three and a half points on this as well. I think the Jags went out right here. 53-yarder. It's away. And he got it. He got it. Jacksonville wins and ends the second longest losing streak in NFL history. stuff oh. right there. That's Casey Kurtz. Uh, I love when he surprises us with an open. It's the best. It's fun stuff. By the way, we keep, or I keep forgetting to throw to the open for the QB rookie report card coming up tomorrow. Yes. I mean, we got, you got to keep reminding me to do that. I'm getting old, man. A lot of bullets in the chamber right now, but we got to go tomorrow. A lot, a lot of bullets of in the chamber. To remember. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was awesome. That That is really cool to relive it like that for <laughs> kind of, it, it gets all the the feelings, doesn't it? Yes. From Friday through Sunday, from the first half to the second half, and uh, it's just nice for everybody to be able to talk about a win. It comes with, sure, this hesitation. It's not like all this, oh, my, look where the Jacks are going now. I think the fans are very real. They, they understand it. There's still a lot of work to be done. This is not a great football team by any means. Uh, to get a win for the fan base, for the people in that building, the locker room, Urban Meyer gets his first win, all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe it does snowball. I, I asked this question last week. I said, hey, if they get one, I believe Urban Meyer is one of the great front runners. You know, and, and by the way, that sounds like a negative connotation. I don't mean it like that. I think there's something to be said for once positive things happening then it snowballs into more positive and more positive and more positive. The ball just keeps rolling downhill, mm -hmm. right? Well, I think Urban's been very good at that in his career. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know if one win does that. I don't know if this is the one that does that, especially given their schedule coming up. But I do wonder about it. I wonder if 
now he gets some of his mojo back, even Urban, because I yeah. feel like over the last few weeks, I said this last week, I feel like he lost a little bit of his bravado, man, a little bit of his ego, a little bit of everything because of the situation, but also because of five losses. It's hard to have that when you're losing and things aren't going right. Well, Urban Meyer's got a hell of a lot of that stuff, man. I mean, he, he walks loud and proud because of his, his resume. Mm -hmm. Well, he wasn't able to do that the last few weeks and so far this season, and now does he kind of lift his head up a little bit, his shoulders and chest puffed out a little bit more, and does that spread to the rest of the building and the locker room? I have no idea. That might be a little overdramatic, yeah. but he has done that in the course of his career. Yeah, um, it's an interesting question. I, I think that everything, it's only going to help things, obviously. Yeah, it can't hurt, right? Um, but like at the same time, let's be honest here. Urban Meyer has had a lot in his plate. Yes. Um, now it's it's been self-inflicted. So I mean, you know, you're 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 the, you're the guy to blame, obviously. But going on five to start things off with, and then you know the the video and all that stuff. I mean, the, the, he's been through a lot right now. A and your first year in the NFL, you haven't won a game yet. Um, you know, people are calling for you to resign, and everyone's talking. Like, it's just it, it is a lot to handle. And I, I get the the vibe with Urban Meyer too. Like. You know, there's some guys like Bill Belichick where it's like, I don't think Bill Belichick has Twitter. All right? I, don't, I don't think Bill Belichick goes on Twitch and watches the local news stuff. I don't think Bill Belichick cares. Not to say that Urban Meyer is watching with a, with a, with a you know, microscope as well, but like, I think he is more in tune having been in the media uh, for a while on Fox. Like, he knows how the business works, and I'm sure he hears some of that hearsay. So when you're adding the more of that to the plate, it's not an easy thing to rebound from, let's be honest here. No, it's not, uh, but a win helps. We did say that. We all do that. Help. Anything, uh, to, whether it was last Sunday against Tennessee, this Sunday against uh, Dolphins, the win helps. And now for the first time in seriously a long time, and this is reality, this isn't just throwing 400 days at you, they get to sit on a win for a couple of weeks. I mean, that is a big deal in my opinion. We thought it would be a big deal coming out of the Cincinnati game, sit on it for 10 days. Well, now you get to sit on it for two weeks, feel good about what you're doing in the, like in the film room mm -hmm. for the next couple of days. Then you leave for a few days, you get rested, you get mentally right, you have whatever, a little downtime, you come back next Monday or whatever it might be, you, you feel good about going to work. You're, you're on a winning streak of sorts. Uh, not a streak, but you're off a win. And then you go to Seattle on a Friday next week, and you feel good about that, right? Uh, and you feel good that Russell Wilson isn't playing. And so now you're starting to pile up feel-good moments. Um, as long as there's nothing that crazy bad happens over the next two weeks, because the last time the Jags had a weekend off, well, the urban stuff happened. Yeah. So, uh I think a lot of that does make you feel like give you a little subconscious probably inside the building and feel good uh, about what's going on. Do you think the, the Urban Meyer stuff has died down now? Like, do you think we can go on, you know, the next I, week here and not hear anything? Well, I mean, uh, assuming unless something happens, you know, yeah, but I'm I, saying where it sits right now. I think uh, the way if you watch these games, I think there are very few times it's referred to. Or mm -hmm. if it is, it's very basic and generic. And so I think, I don't think anybody's asking about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's talking about it. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The Gruden thing really, like, took but everything But you saw what the Raiders did, and now it's like, eh, yeah. whatever. The, but the Gruden <laughs> thing at least took a lot of attention. Oh, like, yeah. Like, the NFL had, oh, the... Like, Urban became the, the farthest thing. Right? It, was, it was on Saturday Night Live was John Gruden. Well, like, that's how they opened the show out, was it, making fun of John Gruden. But even that whole week, it was Gruden, but even more emails and Bruce yeah. Allen and all this stuff, right? And Pash, the attorney. And, mm -hmm. and so it's like, Urban who? 
Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of felt like from a national thing. Um, now, I, I said this last week, and I still believe this is true. I think there's a whole, there's stuff still going on behind the scenes, is my guess. Okay. In terms of not necessarily how do we move on from urban like right now, but what if something else comes down the road? What if something else happens not even related to this? Can we get out of this contract? Can we do th- Now I think the, the red flags are up mm-hmm. for Shad Khan, attorneys, anybody there to be like, all right, they feel the same way we kind of feel. This might be fine for 2021, but it's hard to predict after that. Mm-hmm. That's where I think we're at with this deal. And so uh, is there another shoe to drop? Is it a different circumstance? Is there a way to get out of a contract that is hefty, if need be? I think that's probably an underbelly thing that's going on. You're not going to be, that's not going to be a public deal because nobody knows the contract other than Urban's people and the Jags people, yeah. right? We haven't seen it, and so well, we we're not going to see it. We know it's, we know it's a lot of money, yeah. but can you get out of that if you need to? And so I feel, like I said this last week, I still feel it. And even with a win, I think that's still being discussed. I think eyes are on Urban Meyer, how he is going to handle the rest of this year, how he handles week by week. Is he distracted by some of these things? Does he have the locker room? And again, I think you have to applaud Urban Meyer and the staff. I don't know. Maybe Charlie Strong plays a big role in this. Maybe it's Bevel and Cullen. Maybe it's other guys that we're not even mentioning or thinking about. Or maybe it's the leadership of the locker room that has kept this thing at least on the from outside looking in together mm-hmm. to the point where they can lose five in a row amidst all the stuff that was happening and go win a football game in London. Yeah. And it, you kind of get the sense that this team is going to keep getting better. And again, from a coaching standpoint, I think you have to acknowledge that they have gotten better. And so they are, they are not bad coaches. They, are, they make questionable decisions sometimes. There are curious calls and certainly calls of crit- that you can criticize. We've done plenty of that over the last few weeks. But I also think they're not just like awful coaches that can't get anything out of these guys. They don't have the most talented roster. And I think they, at times, are getting some pretty good play and improved play out of um, some of that roster. We know how the narrative works in the NFL, where if it's going bad, that's usually when more things come to light. Oh, yeah. We saw that with Urban. You know, we, we saw some, you know, players speaking out or whatever, or at least some sources um, from players that were speaking out. Let's say a week from now, next Monday. You, see, you think, think it's all quiet on the front, though, since they, they just won? Or do you think that there's going to be new something out there? Well, listen, there were, if, if you want to acknowledge, there, was, there, was a, there were tweets yesterday. I saw those. You saw yeah. the tweets. Yeah. But I don't know if we should give those tweets credibility Sure. Uh, that's one of the no laying up guys, by the way, that tweeted that. Yep. And so, I mean, that's a guy with 60-something thousand followers. I saw some other people chime in on that. I, I, I'm not – I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, 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 we, didn't, we don't have that information. We didn't see that information. I'm sure every bit of information is being looked at in terms of what people say and do, and, and I think anything is on the table. So if uh, – if there's another video or another this or another that uh, that hasn't been released yet or whatever it is, and it comes out, then we're going to be dealing with this again. Mm. But until then, I do think it's kind of a dead issue. I think this now becomes a topic of totality. And what I mean by that is I think now Shad Khan, if Urban Meyer didn't resign in the last few weeks, if, er, if, 
if Shad Khan didn't fire him in the last few weeks, I think now you're looking at an end-of-the-season evaluation. And so in totality, what does it look like? What did it look like before that? What did it look like after that? What do the win-losses say? What does the quarterback look like? How well, does the quarterback feel? How does leadership and, feel? And has Meyer earned your trust back? That's it. And so I don't think we can answer a lot of those questions, but I think by mid-January, we'll have a feel of, is this moving forward or not? Now, I, I want to say one more thing about uh, uh, what we talked about a couple weeks back. I really put it on Urban. I was like, all right, you know, you're going to run from this thing and get out of this deal, or you're going to go to work and dig in and, and try to try to get yourself out of this, to get out of the mud and get this organization out of the mud because that's what you were tasked with doing. That's why you're getting paid a lot of money. That's why we're putting a lot of resources into Jacksonville and what you wanted to, this vision to be. And I think you got to give Urban credit for that. I mean, it doesn't look like he's put his tail no. between his legs and walked out the door, right? I mean, and, it and looks I'm like he's going to work. For sure. And I'm definitely I'm not surprised by that by any means. Me what We talked about this yeah. before. Like, you know, part of being a coach is what you, you know, like what your legacy is going to be. And if he was to tuck his tail and just leave, you, you, I don't care how many national championships you won. Like, there, there's no recovering from that. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you would always be considered um, in, a, in a false light. And I've only talked to Urban Meyer. Well, talked to him once in person, once on the phone. He does not seem like that type of person. No. So I, I'm not surprised at all that, that he's, he's going to come hell or high water. He's going to see this through. Yeah, me, me either. Which but, but I think... Given the past, some people wondered that, all that stuff. No, and I mean, it would be easy. Yeah. It would definitely be easy. Like, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know how he's doing it because, like, I, I, I think people – and once again, I understand that he, he is the architect of, of his own demise this past couple weeks, so I get that. But I don't think people understand just how much is on your plate as an NFL head coach, a first-year head coach, being Urban Meyer, and then obviously the, the, the outside noise as well. I mean, the, the, there's a lot there on your plate. Well, and, and yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, from a personal level um, to uh, to a professional level. And, and again, the question will be asked, how's this res locker room respond to him? Or in Shad Khan's words, uh, trust him? Yeah. All those things. And that's not going to happen in 10 days. But I think he took uh, big steps in the last couple of That Tennessee game was a big marker to me, that they came out and battled and played pretty well in that game. Well, Played well at times, mm -hmm. didn't throw in the towel, didn't look listless. Mm -hmm. Again, I always go back to, like, the Houston game was a stunner because they looked so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, they looked like they didn't know what they were doing, mm -hmm. like lining up. I thought that could showcase itself again uh, against Tennessee, given all the noise of the previous 10 days, and it didn't. And so that showed me a lot. And now I think that's the makeup of this team. I think that locker room's either super strong or Urban has rallied it. And, and saved it a little bit, and the coaching staff has done a good job. you got to give a lot of people credit, probably. But I think now this is the team. This team's going to battle. They're, they're not great, but they are going to battle. And they're probably because of their willingness to battle like that, I think they're going to probably win a few more games than, than some expected a week and a half ago. No, for sure. Uh, so that's, that's a good thing. Uh, and this win is, is a big one. By the way, it's worth noting the Miami Dolphins stink. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is worth noting that. Like, they're not very good, right? Now, Casey, are our phone lines down today? Was there a problem <laughs> with the phone? I, I'm where aware is South Beach Gary. Yeah. We'll see where if goes, aware? Is he on vacation? He's probably on, like, a cruise. Doesn't, doesn't get signal. South Beach Gary. <laughs> I would, uh, I, the, the phone line's got to be down.
Have to be. He calls it. We'll remind everybody the number 904-362-9901. Say it loud and proud, Brent. Say it loud and proud. 904-362-9901. Apparently people forgot or something. I've been waiting on a call all day. It's 517. What's going on here? Anyways. Uh... Hey, where can the Jags seriously get better and build on this win? Like, where can they, like, without making five roster moves, right? Yeah. I mean, they have they steadied the kicking game? Can they now rely on the kicking game? Well, so speaking of roster moves first, Josh Lambeau, I mean, it's, it's on the wall, right? It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. Unless they are really going to try to roster and manipulate because of the two practice squad eligible guys that they could fluctuate up and down. I just think that's a hard thing to do because you're not that good. And so it really doesn't look bad to have two kickers kind of on that 55 man, if you will. Mm. And even though you can fluctuate other guys up and down, you're paying a kicker three and a half million. He's now taking a three-week mental break. Mm -hmm. This kid's the hero. He has to kick again next week. Mm -hmm. But do they give it one more try just to make sure Matthew Wright's the guy or go back? I got to believe before the Seattle game, there's probably a move made with Josh Lambeau, I think. I, I don't think that they can do it. They, they can keep another guy on. I just almost feel like it's a bad look. Yeah. To keep two kickers on. And by the way, especially two kickers that right now are not really that great. I mean, Matthew Wright did a great job, but we don't know if he's any good. We'll find out. This isn't Mason Crosby and Justin Tucker you're keeping on the roster. I mean, this is Josh Lambeau who... Mason Crosby, pole. I mean, seriously, this is not that situation. So even if you could manipulate the roster, we're not talking about two all-pro guys or something. I mean, now listen, Lambeau was kicking at that level, yeah. but that was two years ago now. So we can't call him. That's not the current state of, it, of Josh Lambeau. It just seems like a lot of energy and effort and resources for, you know, what? Yeah. Uh, now listen, I, I, did, I think I was correct on this whole notion that they didn't, they were afraid to let Lambeau go because I think they do think he has, he's still a good kicker. Mm. And they didn't want to see Dallas pick him up or somebody pick him up, the Indianapolis Colts, and go beat him two games, you know, the rest of the way and, and go to the playoffs and be kicking great. And I also think that they thought if they could give him a mental break for a couple of games that maybe he could find himself. Okay, they did that. But now we're going on three games, and you have to ki use this kid. Well, yes. You now have to use this kid. I mean, put it, I, I, don't you put him in the, in the ring? Like, don't you put him in the... <laughs> Are we to that point yet or not? No. I mean, set aside from, from starting them, yeah, duh. But, I mean, do, do we talk about through the Ring of Honor? I hate to say it, but uh, they should have left Josh in London. It just would have been the right call. Just leave him in London? Yeah, it would have been the right call. <laughs> that's for you, Brian Middleton. <laughs> uh, the hey, that's fine. I, I'm going to give my laugh. I was genuine, Casey. I thought it was funny. I think... Uh, I, I got to give a shout-out to Lambeau, too, who could tuck his head and pout about the whole whatever's going on. Yeah. Boy, that was a nice moment they caught on the no, sideline with cool. him, right? I, I, always, I just don't think the average person does. Like, their notion is rooting against that guy. See, and I think football players are weird like that. Like, and sports guys are weird like that. They support that other player. Yeah. And I just think it's worth noting because I just don't think that's like a human instinct. No, for sure. Um I mean, I think there's other people like that that are cut from that cloth that, aren't, that aren't athletes, but I think it's a little more rare in everyday society <laughs> yeah, than it is in locker yeah. rooms. 
But no, it, it was a great um, scene for, from Josh Lambeau because we really saw it twice. We saw it after the first field goal. I think Lambeau went up to him, gave him some props, and then we saw it again, obviously, with the game winner. And, you know, I'm not surprised from Josh Lambeau. I don't really know Josh Lambeau personally, but that's kind of the – that's kind of like the code that you find in NFL locker rooms where, obviously, this guy that Josh Lambeau is celebrating with that's giving props to, he probably just took your job, right? He, he probably took food off your table. But, like, as an NFL player, it's always ingrained. Like, you don't stand on the shoulders of your teammates to make yourself feel taller when they're going through adversity. Like, you, you celebrate your teammates, and, and, and you celebrate cool accomplishments. So that's why I'm um, – that was cool to see. Yeah. Gosh, that was a fast segment. That felt like it went a long time. went by quick. Um, I thought you were playing, like, some Jaws music or something right there for, <laughs> like, a fast – Spooky season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, real quick, I, I don't want this show to disappear without saying, I think Marvin Jones was so good, mm-hmm. so good yesterday. And by the way, if you start calculating his numbers, adding up to be the guy they want, went to get. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about on pace for roughly 75 catches, 900 and something yards, so close to 1,000, and eight to nine touchdowns. It's the guy they signed up to get. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the free agents that haven't worked out. We talk about the draft guys that haven't worked out. Uh, but Marvin Jones has been a good pickup. A good pickup for Trevor Lawrence, good pickup for this offense. And uh, more days like that for Marvin Jones ahead, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, will help uh, this offense hopefully get in the end zone uh, a little bit more. Uh, more Jags talk coming up. Uh, and also, what else happened this weekend? On the way, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, just. Just taking this momentum, um, obviously there's still so much more work to do, but it feels good to get a win. And, you know, I wasn't a part of the other 15, but I was a part of the first five here. And, it, you know, it, we hate losing. It's been tough. We've had some some games that, are, you know, you feel like could have gone our way and didn't. So to get a win, especially in that fashion, a game-winning game winner, game field goal, I mean, it's just crazy. So it feels good. Um, I just tell everybody to stick in there with us. You know, we're, we're going to be fine. We're getting better every week. I love the, the momentum we have right now, getting a week off, getting some people healthy. Um, it's, it's exciting, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Trevor Lawrence has been that voice of reason, right? He's been so good behind the microphone. And we might have mentioned this last week. It would be nice for him to get a win to validate all the things he's saying. Like, hey, I see it. It's coming. Hang yeah, in yeah. there. You know, here it comes. And then to pull one out like the Jags did, I mean, that, that validates it. It wasn't like they... You know, stopped Miami thirty to ten. Okay, that hasn't happened yet. But the win validates some of the things that Trevor's been saying. He's been very consistent, very consistent with his message to in the media, and um, to validate it with a win, I think, is a big deal. And there's no doubt; it, it's just amazing. He is the, you know, I know Urban Meyer is the coach. It just feels like he is now the leader of this organization. Like he is, he is the people. He is the guy people are following. You know, he is the almost the voice of, all right, let's, uh, whatever he says goes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Um, which, I, by the way, I don't say that in a negative light on Urban. I think a lot of people want that to happen. I think Tom Brady had that eventually in New England, even though Bilicek was still, like, the guy, you know? I mean, Peyton Manning had that, I think, in over the years in Indianapolis. Russell Wilson, even though Pete Carroll's a very good coach and highly respected, yeah. I think might have that in Seattle. So and that's not a negative on the coach all the time. No, I mean, you know, a good coach you're going to respect. But, like, there's a difference between respecting a coach, you know, and, and playing for, 
you know, a, a brother on the field. And it's just like, because they're going through the same thing that you are. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, a, a coach is, he's the culture setter and all this stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, the coach isn't out there with you. He's, he's not going through training camp. He's not going through the film. Well, he's going through film watch sessions, but, like, not in the capacity that you are. So, like, wholeheartedly, it is hard to relate 100% to, you know, players, coaches, coaches, players. So that's where having the, that captain, that leader steps up in the locker room, and you follow him as well. All right, quick hitters to interrupt this uh, Jags parade on a Monday. The uh, Florida Gators. Whoa. Here's the yeah. thing about the Gators now. A lot of people don't like Grantham and Casey. You're a Gator fan, so get in on this. But they haven't liked him. But if you looked at the numbers of the Gators, their defense had played well. Even in the loss to Kentucky, their defense had played well. What was stunning about this is they got absolutely run over against an LSU team that some days decides it wants to show up and others they don't. This is two bad losses in a row now to LSU for Dan Mullen because he had the better team. They had the more momentum. It seems like they got outcoached by Eddie O, and Eddie Orgeron now is going to be let go by LSU. Yeah. So it's a bad look for your Florida Gators. The seat is hot for Dan Mullen. Already? Yeah, 100%. Has to be. 100%. Expectations, can't man. Beat, can't beat LSU, which is a team you need to beat. Max Johnson, who can't. As a, he's like two and five in the SEC. I tweeted that he's two and zero oh against the Gators, so that's a problem. Uh, the defense, yeah, they had been good. They they were not good last year. They I guess figured out who they really were this week, and that's they can't stop Eastern, Western, Northern, Southern anybody. Yeah, and, and by the way, you have to make a change. It's not like LSU is that offensive juggernaut either, especially running the football. Right. So and by the yeah. way, did that their running back LSU's running backs had the uh, single season uh, or single game rushing record? in that game against Florida, and he broke Leonard Fournette's mm-hmm. record. Yeah. Fournette only carried the ball in that game. He broke the record, like, 15 times. Like, they put up a graphic, <laughs> and it was like, Fournette carried it 15 times, and the dude that broke it this week carried it, like, 36. Damn. Oh, so wow. I'm just wondering about that night Fournette went off. But wow. anyway, that the Gators... like, 24 yards a carry. Yeah. The Gators are in trouble. They will lose to Georgia. They watch that game against Florida State. Yeah, I'm well, telling you it, right now. Well, we've talked about that, and that's what's interesting. Florida State, if they can gain some momentum, I'm not ready to say watch it yet. I, I don't think we're there yet, but we wondered if Florida State could gain some momentum. They're going to beat UMass, you would think. They have three yeah. wins. What do they do against a Clemson team that struggles against everybody, okay? Mm-hmm. Clemson ain't running away from anybody. And so what if, right? What if they beat Clemson? So then you start to think about the Gators. And then the other part I had, and again, we talked about this Friday, can the Gators upset? I wasn't ready to say, Georgia, Georgia, you got this in the clear. Now I'm starting to think, okay, well, maybe. Because Georgia can beat you at the line of scrimmage. We know that. If Florida can't stop LSU, I'm not sure they're going to be able to keep up with the, the trenches of the Georgia Bulldogs. And we know this. The Georgia Bulldogs defensively are just so good. It doesn't matter if you had a good offense or not. They're probably going to hold you in check. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Jet, maybe the Jet, maybe the Gators don't have a chance in that game. Although I'm not ready to say that yet. It's just too much of a rivalry game. That's why I worry about FSU though, because you know FSU wants to run the ball. They run the ball well, and if the Gators show that that's what they are against Georgia, that's that is what it is going to be what they are. But if they continue to not stop the run all year, Florida State, I think, be careful. And if you lose that game, if you're Dan Mullen, well, that's a problem. You're on fire. Yeah, I was gonna you're ask you're that. literally on fire. It's crazy to think, but that's how quick it changes in college football that all of a sudden you're like, hey, what have you done for me? Because well, they're on their right. way to an 8-4 season and maybe worse if that were to happen. Keep in mind, this is SEC where the wins mean more, but the losses also mean more. <laughs> and, and those losses 
the seat gets hotter. You know what I'm saying? How about Eddie O? You go national title. Like, it, it does feel like Doug Peterson, this happened with the Super Bowl. I mean, it buys you nothing to win big. Yeah. I mean, they, they won the national title. There's always been questions about Eddie O. Even when they hired him, they wondered. And, but still, man, <laughs> and there's a lot of questions underneath the actual football wins and losses on Eddie O. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of memes out there right now, I'm seeing. But, <laughs> but the guy did win a national title two years ago, man. And now he's out. Yeah. It's wild. He has $16 million to sit on the beach, so I don't feel bad for him, but just crazy. No, nah, for sure. You know, it, it was kind of surprising to me because I, I remember we had, what was this guy's name? Jacques something? We yeah, had, Jacques Doucet. Yeah, Jacques yeah, Doucet. Very good. But by the way, best name in sports media. That's a good name if you're living in Louisiana. You, I mean, you can't get him anyway. I don't care where you are. That's just a cool <laughs> name. I remember, you know, we talked to him this is a couple years back, and, like, I remember I said, like, nobody really exemplifies, like, you know, Louisiana, like Eddie O. So in terms of recruiting, in terms of getting the most out of his players, you think a guy like that, Penny, he can stay on the right path, would have a huge effect at LSU. He wins the national championship. He essentially gets gutted with his coaching staff, but then it just kind of goes downhill from there. And then you see some, you know, some of the things being said, and now it's not a good look for the university or for Eddie O. It's just, it's crazy the the rise and fall of a guy literally over over a year. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, it, it's almost gonna be like a, it's gonna be like an ESPN thirty for thirty or some kind of like movie. It seems like it does. The fall doesn't. If fall happening, I guess was predictable at some point. Yeah. But this quickly, it just seems like my gosh. Like, what do you have to? It's like, what do you have to do? They just they had a record season. Undefeated yeah. Season. But it also and makes, they lost the entire team basically to the did, NFL. They did. But it also makes you appreciate guys like Nick Saban. Then. Yeah, it does. That can if they can lose coordinators, you know, that can corners get you know better coaching jobs in different colleges. But he still remains consistent. All right, let me part. let me ask you guys this. Uh, I'm going to read down the odds, okay, of who takes this place, and you, the, it's the familiar names: Lane Kiffin, five to two. He's the favorite to go to LSU. Yeah, uh, you, you stop me when you're like, okay, that guy's going. Uh, Luke Fickle, eleven to two. Bill Napier, seven to one. Jimbo Fisher, fifteen to two. He just signed like another gazillion dollar deal it's at Texas Jimbo A&M. Fisher. I don't think uh, Fisher. Bill Bill O'Brien, seventeen to two. Mark Stoops, seventeen to two. Bob Stoops, nine to one. Boy, they must be battling on Thanksgiving dinner about those <laughs> odds. Uh, James Franklin, nineteen to two. That's an interesting one. Joe Brady, 10 to 1. Mel Tucker, 12 to 1. I love Mel. He's got himself in all the coaching <laughs> conversations. Dave Aranda, 14 to 1, who was a defensive coordinator for years and years, now at Baylor. Urban Meyer, 14 to 1. Stop. Of course. Uh, Stop. John Gruden's 100 to 1. <laughs> what? What a move. If, but all those names, what kind of. To me, the name that catches my attention. Brady makes sense. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that, Joe Brady. But the name that makes a lot of sense to me is a James Franklin. Yeah. he won in the SEC. He's had a lot of success at Penn State. He was in the SEC at Vanderbilt, of course. To me, that James Franklin move makes probably the most sense, even more so than Kiffin. I don't know if Kiffin's an LSU match. Kiffin feels like a good old mismatch, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I don't know if he's done enough. I'd still hold the phone on Kiffin if I'm them. See, I wouldn't do I, that yet. I hear the name Luke Fickle, and yep. I, that, that intrigues me. Really? Because, uh, he, he, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he seems like a, a, a newer school guy. Yeah. Um, great defense, obviously, he holds guys accountable. He played a year in New Orleans, so he has a little kind of vibe there. Um, to me, Luke Fickle would be the guy, I think. Yeah, 100%. Really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting you guys go there. I just don't know if 48, by the way. It's 48? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was younger than that. I don't know if Luke Fickle's sexy enough of yeah, a name for LSU. But see, that's the thing, Brent. Do you want sexy after coming off of Ed Orgeron? I mean, and that, that sounded bad. 
that couldn't have sounded any worse. But you know, like like, like a big name guy. And Ed Orgeron was a big personality. The big personality is right. not a big name. Like the yeah. sexy plays of LSU in the past have been the Sabins of the world. Have been Jimbo Fisher courtship year like a lot. Yeah. Uh, Les Miles, I'm not sure was a sexy name, but do they? Is that a like Lane Kiffin to me is a sexy splashy oh, play, for right? Sure. Like, he'd, but he'd make Luke Fickle doesn't fall to that to me. James Franklin would feel a little sexy splashy I mean, play. This really, is very hard, odd to be throwing around the word sexy you know, talking well, about college well, football coaches. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. But hey, you know what? Sexy being number two in the nation right now at Cincinnati is. It is. It Where's is. Dan Mullen on that list of odds? Um, he'll work his way in for another race probably though. <laughs> uh, soon enough. Um, how about the Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you you oh, mentioned man, Chicago right. Bears. That's the big story right. around the NFL. Caught on tape saying, uh, caught on camera yeah. uh, saying, uh, well, I, 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 I own you. Live. I, I own you. Oh, did you see I, it right I, away? I watched, you caught oh, yeah. it? I watched it live. Oh, okay. And then, then I had it on DVR. I'm like, hey, Rones, go and cover your ears real quick because I got to watch this again. <laughs> and yeah, he said, I, I own you. I expletive own you. And I always have. Like, <laughs> And the, I mean, there's so many things to take away from it. Number one, I guess you, you can go out and taunt the fans all you want. That's not getting a penalty. Yeah, which is true. And you should be able to. Yeah, but for, for, forget taunting the players to be mean to, the, to your former opponents. But go out and taunt the fans all you want. It made me think, though, Brent. I love it because it's Aaron Rodgers. It's like the it's like the farewell tour, and he's doing whatever he wants. I appreciate it. I was a little taken back, though. I'll be honest with you, because then it. it when he says things like that, then Derrick Henry can hear that and say, like, if you play as the Jaguars, what is he going to tell, you know, I, I don't want Derrick Henry to say that to, <laughs> to Jaguars fans. That's all I'm saying. I, you just said something, though. It is his farewell tour. I wondered if that told you more about him not staying in Green Bay, and that was almost like this parting shot, like, this is the last time I'm playing here. I mean, unless it's on the schedule in a different way. But yeah, in yeah, a Green yeah. Bay uniform, it's the last time I'm playing here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to jab you. Like, doesn't Jam, it feel that like was an uppercut. That was a haymaker. It feels a little bit like that to me. Yeah. But I also will say this. In these kind of robberies, and there is really not a rivalry in the NFL, but Green Bay and Chicago oh, fit the bill. Yeah. Like, they're the only one that really you – can, you can make up some other ones. People will say, like, the Cowboys-Giants. or I really do think Green Bay and Chicago might have the closest thing to, like, a real rivalry. Like, we see in Major League oh, Baseball, Yankees, intense. Red Sox, Giants, Dodgers, all yeah. those. You see it in a lot of sports. But NFL, it just doesn't play like that, like college football does. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like this because you almost need these moments in rivalries. You need, like, that yeah. player hating the fan base. But you it's know? not even a rivalry when, when Green Bay keeps beating you. Uh, like, it hasn't even been that competitive. Yeah. And but so, it is a rivalry. But yeah, it's true. I yeah. mean, it is a rivalry now. And here's why you don't see that a lot: is because guys change teams so much yeah. that I don't think they want to do that too much. Jab the fan base, you know. Jab, they might be playing <laughs> down the road. Yeah. But I love the fact that he didn't care. And, oh yeah. And there's a whole the lot of Aaron Rodgers. I don't give a damn, right? Oh no, for sure. And that's what you do. Guys kind of appreciate fun. that part of him. I'm telling you, it's Tom Brady. It's Aaron Rodgers. They're, these are two guys that have paid their dues, and now they're having fun. The crazy More thing power is, to them. yeah, the crazy thing is on the Rodgers front. You go look at the numbers. You would have thought he had 400 yards and five touchdowns. He threw for like 180 yards, like in yeah, the game. Yeah, he didn't but, have to do anything. Yeah, but he had that run, little discount, double check. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. By the way, you can uh, see it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We're promoting Jags Report Live tonight, 7 o'clock at Sneakers. You can watch on Fox 30 as well. James Robinson will be there every Monday night. Jags Report Live from Sneakers, 7 o'clock with James Robinson. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. 
Oh, they're tremendous. Yeah, they're, I couldn't exactly understand who they're cheering for at times. I saw all the, like I see here, all the different uniforms. But this is, uh, this is uh, I'll never forget this the rest of my life. This is a, and, and thank you to the, the people, the fans, the setting, and our hosts at the, the Grove. That is Urban Meyer. That was yesterday, uh, which made me think, and I didn't see it, the room, uh, that was every, all the media people in the room have different, did they have jerseys on from different NFL teams? Yeah, like, that's know. the way he made it sound. Because I thought he was talking about <laughs> the games in Jacksonville. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. It's a victory Monday here in Jacksonville, so let's yeah. finish up with talking do uh, we do vi- a little like, bit Jacksonville. Do we do... Like uh, the victory Tuesdays, victory Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. <laughs> we, can sure. we? Here we All can. Right. I'm gonna. We're victory two weeks. It's victory two weeks. I like it. What did you? Uh, most places you play, did you get a victory Monday after a Sunday win? Because not everybody does it. But it almost You're feels right. like it's become a thing. Like you almost yeah. have to, right? I mean, didn't have a lot of them here. Nope. Um, yeah, I think we did get victory Mondays. Sometimes we we got like like they kind of felt bad because it was like a hard fought game. Mellow Mondays or whatever you want to call them, but we got a couple of Mondays off and we lost too. Oh, you did? Yeah. They try to spark you. Yeah. Kind of keep the yeah, locker yeah, room. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which I'll, and I'll be honest, especially like after there's, I mean, yeah, it sucks losing. Obviously, it's the worst feeling in the world in the NFL. But like, there is a little glimmer of hope when you know you played a bad game and all of a sudden the coach goes, "Hey, just take Monday off. We'll get back at it. New opponent. You know, when you come back on Wednesday, I'm like, yes, because now because that means you don't have to watch the, the film all the way. You know, and you don't have to see where you messed up and everything. So. That was always a refreshing. I was going to say, what is a victory Monday? Like, what you basically, you, you're you still going to go in and get treatment, most likely. Yeah. But I you mean, just don't have to watch film and... Yeah. You can go out to, you know, your, yeah. your, your, your local restaurant and maybe throw back, you know, throw one back. Maybe celebrate. go to the beaches. Maybe go, I'm not, yeah, maybe. I, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, well, the Jags have one. Sure. And really, this is a great time, like... I don't, I don't even Do know we, if it's that kind of Monday. They got back at like 2.30 in the morning, so they probably still had a lot of treatment because of the, the yeah. flight. They want to make sure they're healthy and all that stuff. So Do we know what the schedule is going to be like for the bye, like in terms of... It's funny you said that. I think I just got my third update week, on that. Will they be this week, or are they going to be off the entire week? Um, uh, they, are think, are going through Wednesday. Okay. It sounds like. They have availability on Tuesday, Wednesday, then they're off Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. Sunday. Okay. I bet my guess they come back Monday. So I, I would say that's probably what it looks like. Thursday through Sunday off. Okay. Uh for the Jags. That that's about typical, yeah, right? Yeah, that's typical. Yeah. Sometimes you get the whole week. I think we had actually we didn't have that, but I know some teams if they're doing really well, you get the whole week off. Yeah, keep in mind, like you're there's a couple of reasons. One, you want to get the keep the body yes. as right as you can. Uh, it's still relatively early in the season, too. I mean, it's 11 games to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, you want to keep people out of trouble as long as you can. No <laughs> <laughs> more sure. off days. For sure. Mm-hmm. Including the head coach. Um, <laughs> so, the... Uh, <laughs> Good resist, country, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you yeah. account for that. I hear you, I hear you. Um, the, you know, and so I think there's a little bit of, hey, let's make sure we're doing some football things and get yeah. everybody in the building and... Well, and not get away too far. And watching that broadcast, the Dolphins have their bye week week fourteen. Yeah. Well, they passed up on yeah. You can decline it. And oh, so the, okay. And the Jags did this early one year against Indianapolis. They had a week three game in London, and they declined the bye week right after because it was so early. Mm-hmm. That's the only time the Jags have declined the bye week coming back from yeah. London. So Miami did that. They're like, hey, it's kind of early in the season. 
We don't <laughs> hey, want to do it. Week 14 is kind of late in the season. Doesn't that feel really late? That's so That's late. It's got to be the last week of being able to take a bye. Yeah, so the four teams uh, for the bye week, the Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, Eagles, all week 14. Hmm. Yeah, that seems really late. Yeah, that's not good. Give me those teams again. The Dolphins, the Colts, Patriots, the Eagles. Yep, Colts, uh, Dolphins, Patriots, Eagles. As crazy as I think a lot of those teams do that, be like, hey, we, we, we feel like we have a team that could go to the postseason. Yeah. We'll take a break now, get healthy, try yep. to reset, do yep. all those things. Eagles for sure. <laughs> oh, those teams. Careful now. Careful postseason. I know they, they <laughs> might not, or they could surprise people. We'll see. We'll see uh, how it works. I'll tell you what, Colts, all of a sudden, T.Y. Hilton's back. They're a different team now, it looks like. Well, they played Houston, okay? Well, hey, you know, Houston. Houston, the last few weeks, has been the Houston. New England? Five. Well, New England? The, the, the New England game? Houston? New England? Yeah, New England's two and four. Okay, well, you know, Houston, you have a solution. That was an entertaining game last night, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, we're talking about the, the Patriots, Patriots and Cowboys? Cowboys? Yeah, yeah. Diggs is good, huh? Diggs is pretty good. Diggs Thank God good. for Diggs. How does he have more touchdowns than his brother does? It's crazy. How, He's got how seven does, picks, and how, he does have more. How, do, how does He has that more work? touchdowns than Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, yeah, well, and others. Poor, I mean, it's well, come on, Allen Robinson. Allen's yeah. just poor He's guy. in lifetime Can, purgatory when it comes to a receiver. Is there any other player like you, you feel? <laughs> I mean, is there a guy like? Can he catch a break though? No, I mean, you feel I, bad I, for and hopefully Justin Fields figures it out and they can give him the ball. But man, we tried to tell him to come back here. Could we did pass from Trevor Lawrence? Brent, Brent, well, you you had the whole PowerPoint thing set up. I mean, we had it set yeah, up. Then what'd you do though? But then you talk smack about I Penn State. Think, and I I, that, that was a nail in the coffin right there. I wonder if Franklin leaves now. That, that will unlock the door for him to come ah. back. He's on a franchise tag, isn't he? Yeah, pretty for sure. Like, for like the, what the fifth year in a row it seems like <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> By, by the way, you guys made fun of me for trying to pick the Bengals in Survivor against the Lions. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I did. That was that was. A, I did not expect that show. Casey, congratulations on well, that I, one. Here's what happened. He picked Dallas. Oh, he did. <laughs> I got scared when the Jags won, and I said the Lions are going to win too. Yeah. So I pulled it, and then I was like, "Crap, crap!" And I didn't want to use. I I didn't trust the Colts for some. Like I didn't trust any of the obvious games. So I was like, "All right, Dallas." And I thought it was at home for Dallas, so I was like, I'm feeling good. Yeah. And then I turn on the game, I'm like, what in the world is this? Ooh, man. <laughs> and then I sweated it out the whole time. And yes, still, you did. Still and by the way, like, I got some heat from Cowboys fans after the fact, of course, because I said, like, <laughs> they put on a clinic on how to lose, which they did. They really did. Yeah. I mean, they, they cost them, they really should have scored, like, 50-something points in that game. Yeah. I, I mean, they have really good offense. I mean, if you do that to a Belichick defense, and by the way, Again, we talk about this kind of stuff around here. Belichick's earned the equity, but they traded away Stephon Gilmore. They could use him. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, they could really use is it, him. Is, is that move kind of surprising to you that they traded Stephon Gilmore away? I, I mean, do you think it's a favor? Just, okay. I really do. Wasn't gonna, okay. I think they did. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the whole. But see, I, I feel like a move like that is like, all right, we're kind of just throwing like the season's not winnable, so we'll just let him, you know. I feel like there's an element of that. I mean, I, I think they know they're not. Really that good, so get some drafts, start yeah. turning it over. Thank God I picked him to go to the playoffs this year. Good call, uh, Austin. You a little concerned about Sam Darnold now, Casey? Casey, the answer is yes. Never in doubt. Just like the Cowboys the other night. First play of the game interception. And, and, and I'm not going to lie, so I, was, I was doing DFS. I'm like, you know what? Casey always talks about Sam Darnold. It's yeah. at home. Yeah. Play in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer doesn't have a good control of that defense. Uh-huh. It's going to be a Sam Darnold day. And I, and I went with that. Hey, well, how did that work out First for me? off, get back to me when you count all the drops. 
can go count the drops. There's I, I a ton count, of them. I counted the interception the first play of the game. It's, Robbie Robbie Anderson. Anderson. it's, one, it's one bad game. Give me one of those Barely. games. Only one of Robbie Anderson's hands plays. But <laughs> it's one bad throw in the beginning game. He leads them down to get into overtime. Sure. Like, he can't play defense, offense, O-line, receiver, tight end, kicker, punter. He can't do it all. Nope. Only Chris McCaffrey can do that. You know what? He's golf. on IR. Who won the golf? I don't know. We're out of time. Right oh. back. Oh, oh, I guess we're out of time. We'll man. talk about that tomorrow. There's a new butcher in town. Careful now. <laughs> Careful now. Hey, James Robinson on Jags Report Live coming up tonight on Fox 37 o'clock at Sneakers. Come on out. Say hello. We'll be there in an hour. And uh, you can listen to tonight's Titans-Bills game. Should be a good one on uh, ESPN 690, part of our Westwood One coverage. And uh, go Red Sox in game three, by the way. Have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.